Welcome to the Alad Pod, an online town hall program designed to bring our government back to you. I'm your host, Alad Gross. I'm a civil rights attorney and educator right here in Missouri. I love our state and our country, so let's talk about ways to make them even better. On this episode, we are joined by Tim Gibbons of the Missouri Rural Crisis Center. We talk about how you can get involved in protecting Missouri water from concentrated animal feeding operations by providing public comment on a regulation before Thursday, March 25th at 5 p.m. Tim, are you here? I'm here. How are you, Alad? All right. I am great. Thanks so much for coming. Really appreciate you coming here. Um, yeah, this is a very important issue, and obviously this deadline that's coming up on Thursday by 5 p.m., we have to provide that public comment, and we will walk everybody how to do that. Uh, but if you could, could you introduce yourself, the work that you're doing with the uh, uh, Rural Crisis Center, and uh, what the organization does in general for folks who may not be as familiar? Well, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, the house music was nice. I'm used to coming in um, with guitars and mandolins and banjos. Mm. Um, I'm a mandolin player myself, very amateur. Well, you know what? Um, next time, if you'd like, you can make a recording and we'll play you in the next time. So. We should probably do that. I have a few songs that I think would be appropriate. Um, well, I, I appreciate the opportunity, um, uh, not only to talk about MRCC, but talk about uh, this rulemaking process that the Missouri Department of Natural Resources is going through now. Um, but I'll start off with introducing myself. My name is Tim Gibbons. I'm with the Missouri Rural Crisis Center. Uh, MRCC is a statewide farm and rural organization. We were founded in 1985 out of the farm crisis, sort of ad hoc out of the farm crisis. Farmers were organizing to stay on their farms when the economies of farm families at the time um, were, were really bad because of what was going on within the industry and, and what was going on with land prices um and what farmers were getting paid so farmers came together they're organizing they actually out of that organizing in the early 80s uh, it actually ended up on the ground organizing but it also was pushing for policies and that's that's what we here at mrcc um really uh i think is really important to the work that we do and that we do together where we meet together we work together on the ground but then we push for policies um, that support you know, not only family farmers and rural communities, uh, a, a clean uh, environment, clean water, clean air, but also policies that support a democratically controlled food system, a food system that is controlled by both farmers and consumers. Um, and what we're seeing more and more is that we're having a farm and food system that's controlled by corporate agribusiness and only a few corporate agribusinesses at that. Um, with that type of control, there's also huge extractions of wealth from our rural communities. Consumers are paying more, farmers are getting paid less. The average age of the farmer um, is, is going up. Um, kids are uh, making the decision at times to not come back to the farm because you know they don't see a, a great uh, future in it because prices are so low. You'll see this right here, um, this sign that I have up. Um, and 530 corn, which is 530 a bushel, is pretty high right now. But I have 13 here because that's the parity price. That's the price uh, which would pay farmers cost of production plus a living wage on top of that. Mm -hmm. So even when prices are high right now, you can see that 
making a, a fair living wage um, for family farm grain producers. Um, it, it, there's a stark difference between that. Yeah. Um, relative to the issue that we're talking about right now, which is the Department of Natural Resources um, and the Water Protection Program, and I very, very intentionally put protection in quotes because a large part of DNR has been captured by corporate special interests. Um, and they, you know, the DNR a lot of times doesn't protect our water. Their job is to grant permits for industry. And CAFOs, concentrated animal feeding operations, are one of those industries. Um, to start at the beginning with this, this DNR rule change, yeah. just tell a little story, which is um, we have some members up in Livingston County, North Livingston County. Um, we've got a strong base of members in Livingston County, family farmers and rural uh, citizens and landowners. And they got an, uh, some of them got a letter um, in, in, the, in, the, um, in the mail that said they're going to put in a concentrated animal feeding operation next to their farms and communities and right next door to the Poozie Conservation Area, which is a Missouri Department of Conservation conservation area um, that's owned by the taxpayers. Um, they were originally going to put in a 6,000 head-ish operation. They pulled that permit and now they're going for a 10,000 head operation. So through farmers and rural people up there organizing with MRCC to not only try to stop this CAFO from moving in, but to hold them accountable, um, we wanted to know, you know, who owned the hogs? Like that's the first question we always ask, who owns the hogs? Mm -hmm. Because within concentrated animal feeding operations, you'll uh, oftentimes they're production contracts. So the operator or the landowner um, owns the buildings and the debt and the waste, um, oftentimes with taxpayer support through mm -hmm. the guaranteed loan program or through conservation programs like uh, EQIP, which is the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, and we can go into that more. Um, but the hogs through production contracts are, are owned by an integrator. And we were trying to figure out who owned these hogs. And we didn't know because they don't want us to know. And it's very intentionally why they don't want us to know. Um, it turns out that these hogs are owned by JBS, which is the biggest meat packer in the world, the biggest beef packer in the world as well. They also own Pilgrim's Pride Poultry. They're number two in pork. And they're a Brazilian corporation that has a very tainted history of bribery, uh, selling tainted meat, um, price fixing. And if you just Google them, um, JBS and bribery or, or JBS and, and uh, price fixing, you'll see just over the last year, there are multiple instances of them paying millions of dollars for uh, these, these bad things that they're doing for consumers and for the businesses that they're working with. So um, we found out that they are JBS hogs through this thing called uh, the Administrative Hearing Commission, um, the AHC, and they were hearing about this CAFO. And within that, it, it said they said JBS, JBS owns the hogs. But also when I was reading that, it talked a lot about this thing called perched water, which I really didn't know much about. But um, through this multiple page document testimonies, I, I learned a lot about it um, and I was interested in it, but I sort of pushed it to the side. And then two to three weeks later, I get an email from the Department of Natural Resources because I'm on their listserv. And it says that they are, are going through an emergency rulemaking process to define groundwater and to exclude perched water from that definition. And I put two and two together right away. I'm like, perched water, they, they found 
groundwater on this JBS site that they want to build on. They think it could be perched water. Now they're trying to take perched water out of the definition of groundwater. Perched water is water that's sort of held in the middle between like the, the, the main aquifer and surface water, but it's in the ground. Um, well, it, it's getting in the way of JBS and this 10,000 uh, head hog operation from, from getting their permit. So what does DNR do? They attempt to make an emergency rulemaking process to redefine groundwater and to exclude perched water. Hmm. Wow. So, so that's, <laughs> and then before yeah, they wow. can accept the rule, they have to take public comment and that's a requirement. So that's, that's what we're able to do. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you meant, I mean, there's a lot there, right? There's a whole lot. Um, but when you're, you're talking about DNR, um, uh, how, how is that depart? Like, how is the decision-making there set up? I mean, it's a board of folks, right? And you've talked a little bit about, um, uh, corporate capture and everything else, but could you, could you go into that maybe a little bit more for folks who, who are a little less familiar? Definitely. Definitely. And it's a, it's a story, um, of its own right. Um, the Clean Water Commission, which is an advisory part of the Department of Natural Resources, um, back in, I believe, 2015, but don't quote me on that, um, because the Clean Water Commission denied some CAFOs, uh, permits for CAFOs, because CAFOs were in a 100-year floodplain and they didn't have something called continuing authority, which means they didn't have any money in the bank. Like they create, up all the, they create these shell LLCs mm -hmm. to put these CAFOs under. And um, the Clean Water Commission, prior to a statutory change, denied a couple CAFOs their permits because they um, because of those two things. Well, what did the legislature do? Um, and specifically, Senator Munzlinger from the northeastern part of the state, uh, they came in and not as a standalone bill, but um, as all bad policy is made um, or often made is they uh, added some language to an omnibus bill in the last two weeks of the session that took out the requirement that the public be represented in the Clean Water Commission. Uh -huh. And taking out that, that requirement that the public be represented allowed the Clean Water Commission to be stacked with um, industry representatives and people that are representing uh, corporate and CAFO interests at the expense of not only like Missourians and, um, you know, our families and communities, but also at the expense of clean water, which is ironic because they're called the Clean Water Commission. Mm -hmm. um, so that is the that is the body that is making this decision um, uh, relative to the new groundwater definition. Now, then Governor Jay Nixon did veto that bill, um, but that veto got over overridden in the legislature uh, during veto session. So. I mean, there's been multiple lawsuits that have been trying to um, to take that out and and put back in there that the public should be represented in the Clean Water Commission, um, but that hasn't come to um, hasn't worked out um, so far. But I think we're seeing right now when when the public is not represented and when family farm interests aren't represented in bodies like the Clean Water Commission, then corporate interests often uh, fills that void. Um, because it's the void that they're trying to create um, so that they can, you know, make the rules. Yeah. Um, it's it's sort of funny because the corporate narrative is like an anti-government narrative. But the reality is 
they love government. They just want to be in charge if they're in charge of it. Um, right. And you know, they, they love local control unless local control is getting in the way of them putting up their CAFOs. Right. Um, and then local control is another issue because Livingston County um, is one of the mm -hmm. first counties that had a health ordinance um, to put some protections in place to protect the farmers and, and, and landowners that live there oftentimes for generations from concentrated animal feeding operations. And, yeah. it, you know, it goes back to Senate Bill 391 that uh, passed in uh, 2019, which is attempting to get rid of local control, although um, it is still in the court system being debated as being unconstitutional. We're, we're saying that it's unconstitutional for, for a multitude of reasons. Right, right. One of those, ironically, being the uh, the right to farm <laughs> addition yeah, to the exactly. Constitution. Yeah, which well, was initially you know, the right to there. farm. Uh, right. There was a big fight about that in the legislature, and, and MRCC was the lead group. Um, we killed it since the early 2000s. There were statutory uh, changes. There were different constitutional attempts. It was it was once called right to raise animals mm. back in the early 2010s, 2015. That is catchy, though. Um, that, that is. It is. Um, <laughs> but w through that debate and through MRTC members making their voices heard, I mean, we were trying to stop it in the legislature um, because it was a House joint resolution. Um, but senators did put a sentence in there that said, pursuant to Article 6 of the Constitution, it was a sentence put in there to protect local control. Um, and that's one of the arguments we're having um, in the court system to say that Senate Bill 391 is not constitutional. Right. Right. Yeah. This uh, this issue with uh, with CAFOs is a big deal um, because all over the state and I've, I've seen quite a few in Livingston County. I mean, for those who have watched the show, I've always got the, the Chillicothe mug, home of sliced bread, by the home way. Home of sliced uh, bread. Every time. <laughs> and uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful area. And to think what what could happen and, you know, and, and all over the state, I think Franklin County, actually, um, a friend of mine testified friend of the pod testified over on the uh uh you know them trying to pretty much allow CAFOs everywhere and the effect that that has on on your property values on the environment on your health on everything else because there's just so much uh for lack of a better term crap that gets produced as a result of this and you know the ways that it's just thrown all over the place and the problem with water specifically is that if if there is an entry point to groundwater uh, and to the drinking water and all this. Other, I mean, that's a huge problem for every every living thing in the area. Um, and that's why this issue around water regulation is such a big deal. Um, and so that's what that's why there's, you know, rules about that, which is a good start. Now we'll see what the rule ends up being. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of rural people only get their water from wells. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we need to protect our water. And it's a nonpartisan thing, you know, um, you know, and, and just to go back to, you know, we fight these CAFOs from moving in because of their negative impacts on property rights and air and water and the farmers that live there for generations, their property values, the communities. Um, but we can go, you know, one number that we use a lot, and, and it's an unfortunate number, is um, in, two, in 1985, Missouri had 23,000 hog producers. Mm -hmm. um, huge hog producing state, you know, tens of thousands of independent family farmers on the land, raising hogs the traditional way in an open market where they got paid a price um, for their livestock. It was a self-regulating market um, because hogs, you can flip fast. So, you know, when prices were high, hog producers would jump in. When prices were low, hog producers would jump out. So it would 
you know, regulate the price that farmers were getting um, paid. Yeah. But in, in the early 90s up to, you know, the, the late 90s, um, it's the, the market's been almost completely, if not totally captured by four corporations at yeah. this point. And as of the 2017 census, we had just over 2,600 hog producers in our state. Um, so that's 23,000 in 1985 to 2,600 um, as of the last census of agriculture. And capturing an entire U.S. market like that is a big deal. Putting all those family farmers out of business and, and then all the businesses that support those family farmers on our, on our main streets um, is a big, big deal. And, and we're fighting for that. And, and it goes all the way now to the fact that that type of concentration um, allows now foreign corporate agribusiness and multinational corporations like JBS mm -hmm. and like Smithfield to control major parts of our ag and food system. 50% of our pork in this country is controlled by two foreign multinational corporations. That's Smithfield out of China, which is connected to the Chinese government. And, and JBS out of Brazil, which, you know, you also see, you know, there's also a government incentive on, on their end to control uh, parts of the food system around the world. Um, you know, it's about not only extraction of wealth and profit, it's about control. And, and we believe in decentralized, di diversified family farms, um, not only for the farmers and the communities, um, but also for our, for our local, state, and national security. We should have control over our food. Um, you know, the saying goes, you control oil, you control nations, you control the food, you control the people. And um, we are trying to uh, stop um, these behemoth corporations from controlling huge parts of our food system, paying farmers less, farmers getting put out of business or just not coming back. Yeah. And not only foreign corporations, um, buying our farmland and, and corporations, you know, multinationals buying our farmland, but also mutual funds and Wall Street mm -hmm. buying farmland. Um, diversified ownership of, of, our, of our farm and food system is, is necessary for a real representative democratic process. And the more that we see our food system being gobbled up just by a few multinational players, the less representation we see in our democratic process. And, and, and this DNR rule is um, an unfortunate, perfect example of how corporate interests are, are, are writing the rules to um, give them more market share, to let them put their CAFOs wherever they want, um, to you know control the food system, put farmers out of business. Consumers have less and less choice during a pandemic, major bottlenecks um, within the corporate uh, food chain. Um, there's a lot of uh, negative implications that go along with just a few multinational corporations owning our food system. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, very true, and, and especially when it comes to something this important. Um, but unfortunately, we're seeing that throughout the economy right now with a lot more concentration, and then there's barriers for anybody to enter. And you know, I mean, I think democratizing is the is the right word, and it's something that we've talked about a lot through the history of this country, but. Um, it seems like we forget every once in a while and then have to be reminded all over again. So, well, let's, let's, before I put a ball, there's some wonderful comments here, including from Dr. Kester, who's like an expert on stuff. So we should get that up there too. But before that, I think it's important since we are talking about the regulation, we do want folks to, uh, at least have 
public input into it. Uh, I suppose whatever your position is, uh, but like Tim and I spoke about earlier, this one might not be so controversial for regular people unless, you know, you're a corporation and you consider yourself a person. That might be a little bit different, but uh, let's go. So we've got um, the website uh, actually linked on the podcast website right now because the DNR website link is a little bit long uh, and can be a little bit, little bit cumbersome. So if you're on the page, you go to alodgross.live where you can find all the podcasts and everything else. Right at the top, I put up a button that says submit public comment. It's right underneath the graphic for this show. So if you click it, it will take you right there. The link for this public comment page is also in the description. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, you'll be able to see it. Um, and if you're on Twitter, we'll put that up on there a little bit after. So I might have lied about Twitter right now live, but we'll get it up there later. And then right here, you'll see proposed rule. And unfortunately, there's only one. And this is the correct one, right, Tim? It is, yes. Okay, great. And so so you'll see here, it, it talks about red tape reduction. Doesn't really get you into what this thing is exactly about. Uh, but this is the one you'll want to submit comment about. It says 10 CSR 20 83 Zero, zero. Um, so that's the one. And then submitting comment is actually pretty darn easy. You just press this button and then it takes you here. Uh, your page might look a little bit different depending on how you're formatting, if you're on a phone or if you're on the computer, whatever it might be. Uh, but you'll fill out your personal information, your name. If you're with an organization, you'll put that in there, phone number, email, and then your comment. And you also have an opportunity to upload a document if you'd like to, but you can put your comment in this box. Uh, do you have any recommendations for, for example, uh, you're going to be submitting comment, I'm sure, at some point mm -hmm. if you haven't already. What kind of comments will you be leaving? Well, that's a good question, um, Elad. Um, I mean, we think groundwater is groundwater. We know groundwater is groundwater. The exclusion of perched water from, from the definition of groundwater makes no sense. Uh, water goes to it it like it's like they're like it's like magnets they they follow gravity and they all end up in the same place mm -hmm. so if we if we need to be protecting not only our groundwater but our surface water as well um not, you know for for our drinking water for our future generations for independent livestock production so we're going to talk about you know don't exclude perched water from groundwater which is the the obvious we're going to talk about the fact that they're only doing this for CAFOs um which also makes no sense um, the JBS connection is going to be, you know, something that I think people should be willing to talk about. We're not only giving up our water rights to industrial livestock operations, but we're giving them up to industrial livestock operations, um, where the hogs are owned by a corporation that's based out of Brazil. Mm -hmm. Um, we should not be fouling our water with these type of operations. It's bad for farmers and rural people and our, our water and air. Um, and it's bad for our democratic uh, process and our food system. So just a, a few things. But I think this issue, you know, once you get to the nuts and bolts of we're excluding a certain type of groundwater from the definition of groundwater for CAFOs, I would like people just to, you know, say what, what they feel about that. Um, we did do a sunshine into the Department of Natural Resources for mm -hmm. the first comment period. And there are 139 comments um, in, uh, into DNR. Uh, relative to the when they were doing the emergency rule, which we stopped, it's now through the regular rulemaking process. Um, and 137 were in opposition, and two were uh, in favor of excluding perched water. And that is uh, the lawyer for corporate ag, a lobbyist, and a lawyer for corporate ag. 
um, and um, a commodity group. So it just shows that the vast majority of people out here are in opposition to excluding perched water um, from the definition of groundwater. And I really appreciate it. Elad, thank you for making that so easy. Um, it, it makes it easier for everyone. Oh, that's great. I mean, that's that's the idea. The idea is that we get more of our views into government as much as possible, um, especially, I mean, on, on every issue that we can find. But, um, you know, this is this is such an important one and one that I think because like it doesn't get as much attention oftentimes and folks aren't paying as much attention to the administrative process and this stuff can look like what a mess. How can I get involved? And so, you know, seeing that you click a couple buttons and then you can write your comment in oftentimes helps folks. Another thing, uh, Tim wrote a wonderful uh, op-ed and some other folks have too all over the state about this issue. So if you search for this issue, you'll find a bunch. And we've got Tim's op-ed also linked in the video description too. So you can take a look at that if you need some inspiration or just rewind, you know, the audio a little bit and uh, you'll get some some good ideas there. Uh, I'm going to put... Um, Janet's comment on here because you know you don't always get to have an expert who just tunes into the show and then provides a whole bunch of information but goodness gracious I mean find this comment down there folks but um, you know Dr. Kester certainly talks a lot about um, just all of the effects that CAFOs can have and it's also from air pollution how some of these particulates get in there um, how they can uh, you know interact and and cause uh, you know, the growth of viruses and bacteria and a, a whole bunch of this other stuff. And um, there is a wonderful, uh, very sad film out there, uh, Right to Harm. And if you haven't seen, I mean, that is just, that is, you, it will change your mind on a lot of things if you're not so sure where you're standing on this issue yet. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal in terms of seeing what the effects of a lack of regulation in this area specifically can have on workers, on on folks who live nearby, on farmers who are losing obviously their jobs, but also their 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 health as a result of a lot of this stuff. So, highly recommend. Yeah, no, we we were doing um, a tour around Missouri, showing that movie yeah. um, right before right before COVID hit, and we were doing it in relation to Senate Bill three three ninety one too, and uh, the legislature's attempt to take away local control. Um, there are a few good things, Elad, that I would like to talk about, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. Oh, um, there, are some, there, are some, there are some good bills in the legislature. Um, there are two country of origin labeling bills that are in the legislature that are um, uh, House and Senate concurrent resolutions, um, which um, are non-binding, but they're requesting that Congress um, reinstate mandatory country of origin labeling so that uh, the meat on our grocery store shelves uh, is labeled where if it comes from the United States or if it comes from other countries. Um, we import billions of pounds and, and millions of, of animals um, every year. And, you know, we should know if the meat that we're eating is coming from Nicaragua or coming from uh, United States. We should be able to choose uh, beef that comes from uh, U.S. producers. It also helps support the prices of, of or the price that is paid to U.S. producers because people people tend to choose beef that comes from U U.S. producers. Um, so I think that's really good. That's uh, Senate Concurrent Resolution 10 uh, offered by Senator Doug Beck and House Concurrent Resolution 33, which is um, offered by Representative Tracy McCreary. Um, there's also also a rep, uh, offered by Senator Beck 
is a bill that is um, working to uh, stop foreign corporations from buying more Missouri farmland. Um, little story there, 2013, language gets thrown into an omnibus, omnibus bill at the end of the session that says foreign corporations can buy up to 1% of Missouri farmland, which is 289,000 acres. Uh, less than a month later, Smithfield um, gets bought by uh, Shineway or the WH Group, which is a Chinese corporation and over 40,000 acres of Missouri farmland was bought by, by Shineway. Um, so we're trying to bring that back to zero so that uh, you know our farmland can stay in Missouri family farmers hands and, and won't go to um, foreign corporations and and sign up with Missouri Rural Crisis Center. I know Elad, you have our website there. I do. Um, sign up to get involved. Um, you'll get emails about these type of issues that we're working on, um, both the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, but you know, knowledge is power, and um, you know we're, we're all in this together. And you know, knowledge is important for a real democratic process. So sign up to get involved. You can also join Missouri Rural Crisis Center. We are a uh, C3 nonprofit organization. We're a membership organization. Members make everything we do possible. So you can find that on our website as well. Um, and then get involved. Um, you know, give me a call. Uh, I, I love to talk to people about this stuff and um, whatever, whatever you're feeling, because there are a lot of issues going on out here. We need to talk to each other. We need to listen to each other and to try to understand where we're coming from. We know as a rural organization that when we bring people into the same room and talk about these issues, uh, you know, people of all political stripes, we, we agree a lot more than the narrative wants us to think we agree. And we agree about these issues specifically. Um, so whatever we can do to, to bring more people together to fight for our, you know, our democracy and fight for a food system that is that pays family farmers and also gives consumers a good price and protects our security and protects our water and air, um, dot, dot, dot. Um, that's what we're here for. And, uh, we would really love to have you. Yeah, uh, that's great. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. It's, it's very important. The website is, is on, uh, your screen right now. It's morural.org. So check them out, uh, get involved. It's, you all are doing a, a great job throughout the state and I've gotten a chance to see, the very important work organizing and educating that you all have done. So um, thank you. No, seriously, thank you. And he's right. You can't contact him because we literally set this up yesterday in like minutes mm -hmm. because I saw this deadline was coming. I was like, oh my goodness, we got to get him on here. Uh, so he's he's not joking. You can actually hit him up. So do it. Maybe you have to bring some uh, some musical instrument with you next time. I, I, am, I often do joke a lot, so I must warn people. Um, but no, I appreciate this very much. Uh, like, uh, you know, the, the the original purpose of this comments are are due by uh, the 25th, which is Thursday at 5 p.m. Um, you can also comment by sending emails to, where is that? To Cindy LePage with the Water Protection Program within Department of Natural Resources. And that's cindy.lepage and C-I-N-D-Y dot l-e-p-a-g-e -E at dnr.mo.gov um, so please feel free to and please do send comments into dnr and you know not only to tell them that this is a bad idea but to tell them that you know you know what they're doing um, and i think that's really important they really 
these these special interests and and their collusion with the government um they don't want us to know what's going on out here and 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 it's all of our job to to lift that up and say we know what's going on and we're here to say you know either right or wrong and this one's wrong yeah 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 um well thank you thank you for the work that you're doing uh we do have a couple questions in here just before you go because i promised him 25 minutes i knew he was going to stay for longer because i knew it was going to happen uh, but, uh, do you all work also, um, there's a couple comments here about the EPA and, and federal rules and everything else like that. If folks are going to molerule.org, they're signing up, they're getting the updates. Like I just did actually minutes before we started, um, uh, got another update from, uh, from Brian over there. W will we all, are you also tracking what's happening federally as well in terms of regulations with Missouri too? You know, we more, um, work on federal farm and food policy mm -hmm. and not necessarily like environmental policy. Um, we know that, uh, you know, the industrialization and vertical integration and corporate takeover of our farm and food system is bad for our environment, is bad for our water and air. So it may be an indirect way of fighting for clean water and air, but we're fighting for markets um, for family farmers to be able to sell their product into and make money and make a living and stay on the farm and, you know, have a lot of farmers out here um, because farmers are, you know, Diverse ownership of land is um, not only important to democracy, but it's also important to environmental protection because family farmers are stewards of the land and they want to pass it down to the next generation. So, but we're, we, we work a lot on federal policy and we have a farm bill coming up. Um, so we're going to be working on competition issues. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, please sign up to get involved and you'll hear about the work that we're doing, not only Missouri Rural Crisis Center, but with other family farm groups and allies across our state and you can see there's if you go to our facebook page you'll see that there's some work that we've done with a group with which we're a member of uh the campaign for family farms and the environment so working on trade deals working on or opposing corporate trade deals um but also working on farm bill issues competition issues merger issues antitrust mm -hmm. things. yeah antitrust is such a big issue right now for those who are less familiar that's the one that says you shouldn't have these big giant corporations buying up everything and controlling just about the whole market which unfortunately is happening more and more of so uh, exactly. thanks to thanks to uh, uh, the rural crisis center and and folks like Tim and, and so many others who are working there and all over the state uh, people are fighting that and uh, mm -hmm. hopefully we can get some more uh, <laughs> some more folks who understand that making policy decisions so Thank you so much. One last time, folks, you can, the easy way, if you go to, hold up, first of all, go to morural.org to learn more about the Rural Crisis Center. And uh, you can also uh, go, if you'd like to make public comment, uh, the easy link, you go to allodgross.live, and we put that button right there. But if you're watching, the link's also in the description, so you don't have to go through there too. But there's a button right up there, right below Tim's wonderful photo and a wonderful shirt uh right below there you can hit the public comment button and it will take you directly to the website put your comment in rewind this a couple times uh get in the right mood submit your comment um and uh and make your voice heard it's extremely important that's that's what government's about so uh yeah. thanks tim one last thing yes, if please. you don't mind please uh, anytime you. you've got the Thank time you. you're good. no i'm you you are the, the, making this uh, you know, this possible, um, and us work, all of us working together to, to work on these issues is so important. So thank you very much, Eli. Oh, absolutely. Oh, anytime. 
You can tune into our programs live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, or at aladgross.live. You can also submit questions and see all of our previous programs. If you'd like to get more involved in our government, visit takebackmissouri.org and sign up to volunteer. Until next time, this is Alad Gross, and thanks for listening to the Alad Podcast.